Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, normally on Top 5, we talk about our favorite things, favorite movies, Top 5 favorite movies, or cartoon shows, or books, or comics, or whatever it may be. This week, we're doing a little something different. Something a little different. Uh, this year, instead of, talk, instead of talking about our favorite things, we were talking about our least favorite things. So the topic this week, Top 5 Least Favorite Disney Animated Movies. And we got to clarify that it is animated movies, because if we were talking about just Disney movies, then my list would be completely different. Candleshoe, I'm looking at you. So uh, this this list actually got uh, suggested by a message conversation that I was having with one of my students, John. And John, when did you start messaging me this? This was like, I think, a couple of days for Christmas. A couple and, of uh, days before Christmas. Yeah, last Christmas. Okay. And John was like, hey, what do you think of this movie? What do you think of this movie? And I was like, I hate this movie. I hate that movie. And we had a lively exchange. And so John, one of my students, is here on Top 5 this week to talk about yep. our least favorite Disney animated movies. And you're kind of an animation fan, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I really liked animation a lot. And uh, my early teens, I tried doing uh, animation. Uh, tried making my own feature-length animated film when I was in high school. Yeah, how'd that, how'd that turn out? <laughs> it turned out like a pile of garbage. It, it didn't get <laughs> didn't get close to finish because I kept making it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like... Uh, Let me guess, you didn't have a story? You didn't have a script? I did have a story, but I never wrote anything down. Ah, okay. Well, I did write stuff down, but like in concept pages, but it was very loose. Yeah. And like in my mind, it all uh, fit together, but... Yeah. Uh, it really didn't uh, work. Then I got into sort of live action filmmaking. Uh, in the past year, though, I've been uh, revisiting animation a lot. Though. Yeah. And in fact, you did a interesting experiment. Uh, was it last year or the year before that? It was uh, last spring. I do this every year. I do a big movie marathon. Um, like one year I did, watched all the Godzilla movies. Then yeah. Another year I watched all the James Bond movies. Yeah. And then uh, in 23, I decided to do all the Disney animated films. Did you do them in order of release? Or order, did you just like, release. here's what I have on my pile. Let me just knock this out. Order of release. You know, I started in 1937 with the Snow, Snow White, White yeah. and then uh, went to Strange World. Uh, I, didn't have, I haven't seen the new one that came out. Oh, though. Wish. Yeah. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, wish. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing, and some people are going to ask on this list, are we counting in like short subjects? We're not counting short subjects, right? So we're no. not putting in like Steamboat Willie. No. And It'd be a very long list if you include the short subjects. Well, we're only looking at five. Yeah. So it's still going to be the same list. It just might be a little bit different. But Well, I've, I haven't seen every single Oh, Oh, right. Or every single short. Well, that's understandable. Some of them are not that great. Yeah. We're also very letting, hard to find some of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we also are not doing Pixar films because some people are like, yeah, but Pixar and Disney are the same thing right now. And they're not. I mean, they're owned by the same company, but they're two different methodologies, even though, yeah. in my opinion, Disney animation has tried to make itself look too much like Pixar. Yeah. And I think that's hurt them. It's caused some confusion because I remember I asked my sister, uh, actually, same day as I asked you, yeah. your favorite Disney movies, and she listed the favorite uh, Disney movies, which were all 2D films, by the way, that she picked. Mm -hmm. And I asked favorite uh, Pixar movies, and you know, she started including like you know Toy Story and all that, but then she started including stuff like Zootopia and Moana, oh, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. like Disney. So yeah. she's, I, I guess, there's some confusion there. Yeah, no, the brain confusion is um, a big yeah. no-no. So all right, so here we go, John, and and I'm going to preface this, ladies and gentlemen. These are our 
least favorite Disney movies. And I realize for some of you, or in John's case, (laughs) one of you, things on my list are probably going to infuriate you. Uh, but there are specific reasons why I say these are my least favorite. Notice that we're not saying the worst, right? That's a very specific other word that we're using here. These aren't the worst. These are our least favorite Disney films. Well, I kind of view them as the uh, worst, but you know. Yeah, we're trying to make it nice so people don't uh, write in and and say, we never want John back on my show again. We're Uh, trying to make this so people are like, John is fun and informative and we want him back. And I forget about that now. All right. right. Uh, You want to start or you want me to start? Uh, let's start with you. Okay. So, I'll try to keep a level head, you know, and I get to- uh, I know because I think this first one on my list. So I'm, so the number one on my list is the least, least, least favorite. Number five on my list is I'll tolerate it, but it's not, you know, it's not the, it's not the least of the least. Okay. My number five is 101 Dalmatians. And I know a lot of people are like, but that's a great, that's a great movie. Uh, it, I don't know from the story perspective. There's a woman who's going around kidnapping animals to skin them to make a coat. Uh, first of all, why aren't the authorities more involved in this than they are? This woman's yeah. trying to commit puppicide and she's breaking into people's homes and doing all of these things. Ignore that for a moment. Um, I don't like, I don't care for 101 Dalmatians as much as I care for a bunch of other Disney animated movies, because if I'm not mistaken, this was the first movie that really incorporated the Xerox process yeah, yeah. in the animation. So for well, those of you that, full scale, actually, I think yeah, they I think used they an used experiment it of it in, uh, they use it as an experiment in sleeping beauty, I believe. But as far as, um, really? Oh, maybe yeah. for the owl or something. Arc- uh, oh, I'm thinking of uh sword th- in the stone. I think it's the scene where the prince is like going through those thorn bushes. That oh, use okay. Some Xerox process so there. anyway, in, instead of, so initially you draw everything on a piece of paper and then you have to send it over to the ink department and then they trace the paper onto the cells. And then it goes to the paint department and the paint department uh, uh, paints everything up. Well, in the Xerox process, you don't have an ink department. You just Xerox from the paper, right to the, to the, uh, to the cellulose, and then you can paint it and it speeds up production for sure. But the style that is incorporated and that we first see in the Xerox process is in my opinion, scratchy. It's not the refined smooth shapes that you normally expect from very a Disney sketchy. animated. Yeah. It's very sketchy uh, that you expect from a Disney animated film. And then on top of that, the art world is going through some more abstract stuff at this time. So like even the backgrounds, Normally, if you've got a, a wall and some pictures hanging on the wall, you've got a painted wall and you've got the picture that's painted and everything stays within the lines. In 101 Dalmatians, so many times it's like, oh, yeah, we'll put the shape of the picture on the wall, but the color will be offset and outside the lines. And that annoys the crap out of me, too, because it's like, oh, when I was five, I could do that. Maybe Disney will hire me. And they're like, no, kid, you're coloring outside the lines. I'm like, ah, curse you. I will forever hate your 101 <laughs> Dalmatian. So uh, my number five on my least favorite Disney movie list is 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Well, I, I like 101 Dalmatians. I don't think it's a particularly great film or anything like right. that. I think right. it's I think it's average because, yeah. um, you know, the story is kind of like it, it's goofy. You know? You're it's in not... love with Cruella de Vil. No, not really. <laughs> a, little, a little too old for me. Um <laughs> A little uh, too uh, crazy. <laughs> what What do you have on your number five list, John? Uh, number five, I it's actually just a 
bunch of different ones. Okay. Number five that kind of all fall into the same together, category. Pick, the, pick one of them that is the most well, representative of your number five. Well, uh, I just have down the majority of the package films. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Saludos Amigos and... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Three Caballeros, yeah, yeah. Uh, Make My Music, Fun mm-hmm. Fancy Free. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought about putting some of those on my list, but like... Um, is it fun and fancy free that has Jack and the Beanstalk making the Beanstalk story? Yeah. I, I really like that one. I like that. I think it's fun. And so that it's was like, supposed to be its own movie. Actually. Yeah. 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 But they, they package those together. Okay. So why don't you like the packaged films? Well, when I did the marathon you, you, for context, um, there's like various different eras of Disney yeah. you know, for the listeners. And uh, there's like the golden age, which is, which is 37 to 42. And that right. is a snow white to Bambi. Yeah. But then the majority of those films uh, flapped at the box office and mm-hmm. World War II happened. So in the next couple of years, um, they had to be uh, conservative with money. Yeah, because we've got a war going on. Plus, uh, you got uh, strikes. Yeah. And Disney doesn't like strikes. They never have. But so then for the next couple of films uh, that they made, they were just kind of compilations of short films. Yeah. And it's just – and it was just kind of – a lot of the shorts were just kind of bland to me, you know. They just didn't have much going. Not for a me. Pecos Bill fan. I like that one. You don't like Babe and the Blue Ox. Uh, John Henry Irons. I don't remember those ones. I remember that, Pecos that the, Bill. That was the. I don't remember if it was part of the Pecos Bill part, but it was all these uh, tall tales uh, yeah. combined together. Yeah. Well, that was Melody Time that had both uh, Jack and uh, of course you got Johnny Ichabod. Appleseed and. Uh, I actually like the Ichabod one. Yeah, Ichabod, Mr. Toad. Mr. Yeah, the yeah. Mr. Toad one. That's a that's a good one. Is I, that a part of this grouping though? That is part. Well, that's part of that uh, collage of films, but I don't include that one, which is why I said the majority of the mm-hmm. package films. Mm-hmm. So I'm just counting mm-hmm. Ichabod, Mr. Toad. I like that one, but the rest of them I could really kind of do without because they're just. Planned. I get that. Uh, so in context, when I was a young child, mm-hmm. uh, we only had three channels to watch. And on Sunday nights, uh, the ABC channel would do, I think it was ABC, uh, the magical world of Disney. Yeah. Right. And so they would routinely run those shorts as one of the main things that they would do for the night. So at Halloween, mm-hmm. you get the story of Ichabod. Um, and then um, at other points, you would have the Pecos Bill or you would have the Babe the Blue Ox or occasionally they would do the Mr. Toad one, but I think there may have been some rights issues that they were trying to be really careful with because of the wind in in the willows uh, stuff. But I saw, and then of course at school when it was holiday time and they're like, eh, we don't want to teach. They would rent these Disney movies um, as the, as the shorts. And we just watch a, a selection of those like at Thanksgiving or Christmas in the gym on a 16 millimeter film. And so I, I get where you're coming from that because to me, they were played out, you know? So like in my time, I got to see snow white in the theater because snow white was in its 20 year reissue cycle or seven yeah. year reissue cycle. So I got to see it. And so I got to see most of these movies at the theater growing up. Of that. I know you should be, you really should be. Uh, in fact, I think snow white was the very first movie my dad ever took me to when it was reissued in, I don't remember. It was like 72, 73, 74, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the other stuff was just like relatively readily available. 
So yeah, I guess they would probably kind of, I can see why they, that's on your, on your number five spot. Yeah, I didn't really grow up with a package. Film. I think the only one we had was probably fun and fancy free. Oh, at home. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't recall watching that one that often. And now you want to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to my number four. My number four, very controversial because I know a lot of people really love this. My number four, the emperor's new groove. <laughs> And a lot of people are like, but Steven, this is brilliant. It's got uh, it's got music. It's got magic. It's got, you know, different cultures in there. It's got David Spade and uh, and Putty, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's the exact reason why I don't like uh, the Emperor's New Groove, because they were trying to if you watch the Emperor's New Groove and you ask me to explain it from behind the scenes, not just that here's an arrogant uh, prince that gets turned into a llama and has to learn a valuable lesson. It's this is such a representation of that time period when it came out that late nineties, early two thousands of who, who are the, who are, what are all the kids talking about these days? Let's get them for the voice actors. And it just feels, yes, there is other stunt casting going on uh, in other films, but this one feels like we're really stunt casting this piece and hoping that the movie plays just on the actors that we have in this isn't Jason Alexander in this one too, or not. I don't remember if Jason Alexander is in that. But it, it's David Spade. Oh, David John Spade. Goodman, yeah. Yeah. And Eartha Kitt. Yeah. And, and then Putty, the guy from uh, Seinfeld or from uh, the tick. Pretty sure he's in that. I think he's the big dumb guy. Oh the, yeah. The, I think he's also Joe Swanson family guy. Yeah. 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 So I, just because of the, of the pure stunt casting of it, and I, and I know that people will say, yeah, but so-and-so was in this. They were like, they were like that guy kind of characters. Like if you're looking at, at something from like, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Robbie Benson would be like the only big, like stunt casting thing, but they didn't play Beauty and the Beast up on and Robbie Benson, you know, Robbie Benson as the beast, right? And yeah. he's like, no, he's doing this role that you've never seen him portrayed before this deep gravelly voice. They didn't do any of that, but with Emperor's New Groove, they're definitely like playing up on play just who the voice actors are and not the story. So it's kind of a big thing nowadays with celebrities doing. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and yeah. In fact, I guess that's kind of a negative influence of the. Yeah. So when you look at, and again, we don't have Pixar films on here, but I like Wreck It Ralph, but I also don't like Wreck It Ralph because it is the exact same thing as the Emperor's New Groove. Let's stunt cast this thing with everybody who was popular in those early 2000s. Well, I should mention Wreck-It Ralph is Disney. Is it Disney? Pixar. All right, so there's your brand confusion again. So uh, Wreck-It Ralph would definitely be in like number six, number seven for me. So right. what do you have for your number four? Number four, um, I have a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Is this, uh, so tell us the premise of this one. And and this came basically, out in like 2004 2000. or 2000, okay. 2000. It's basically just Moses, but with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. That's really it, you know. Um, that's kind of the main thing I have with the movie. The main problem I have with the is it's basically just it takes a bunch of different uh plots from other movies, like you know you have the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. uh Shane, and I guess Land for Time as well. Yeah, it just does it with dinosaurs. Yeah, like Land for Time was already you know, dinosaurs anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't really do anything interesting. It doesn't really say anything interesting. It's just kind of bland. Doesn't really have much going for it. Yeah, I I think I saw this also in the theater, and it was just kind of a eh, kind of thing. Yeah, they were trying to hype it up. I, I know they were hyping it up because I remember the trailer made a big deal of the animation in the movie. It, mm-hmm. it was one of their first. It was one, it was one of Disney's first like a CGI films. And yeah, I yeah. think for that they tried 
they shot live action backgrounds and put CGI characters mm-hmm. onto them, mm-hmm. which makes it look very dated nowadays. Yeah. And they had this very epic trailer uh, for the movie when it was. When they were yeah, this is the dinosaur and the little boy, right? The, no. the boy's in love with the dinosaur, not in love with the no. dinosaur, but which no. one am I thinking of where it's like the dinosaur and then there's like a human kid. That might be Babe or something. Babe the Lost Dinosaur. Or something oh, maybe. Like that. Okay. that was a movie I think my mom saw in the theater in the eighties on a date. No, this was definitely this would definitely be something in this early two thousands realm. I, I I'll be honest, I really remember. I used to be a huge Disney fan. Like I could name all the movies in order, in, in including all the ones that were in the package stuff. Uh, I could tell you who all the characters were. I could tell you who the most obscure characters were. If you had me play a Disney trivia thing, I could be a huge, I could go into all of that stuff. I worked at Disney uh, one, one year, which was, which was a trip. And then somewhere around the early 2000s, something ticked inside of me where it's like, Disney's kind of problematic. And so I have a lot of the stuff after 2000 is like, where I kind of like lost a lot of my fandom with, with Disney. Yeah. Uh, I still I love you it. me that. Yeah yeah. 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 So you don't really, uh, I guess you don't really know a lot about dinosaur that much. Or no, I don't. I, I, it's, it's one that I recognize as, Oh yes, I know that as a Disney film, but if you ask me what the plot was, I couldn't tell you except that all I can remember is like, there's a baby dinosaur that gets separated from his family and he meets another boy, a human boy. That doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah. So I don't know what movie the heck I'm and thinking it's, of. It's very hard. To rem- and it's, it's, I have like, a hard time to remember it because it's so boring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopefully not spoiling anything else in your list, but isn't little bear or whatever. Um, brother bear, brother bear. Isn't that also a Disney one? That's also. A Disney yeah. Yeah. Movie. Okay. That All one's right. not on my list. Okay. All right. So there's, so ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole bunch of, fair to Midland uh, movies that are not our least favorite, but are definitely forgettable films. As you can tell by our vast knowledge here. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about uh dinosaur other than it just didn't hit it for you? I, it feels I dated. Th- well, I was a big dinosaur kid, you know, but I didn't really grow up watching that one. I think I probably only watched it once as a kid at a cousin's house. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, yeah, give me land for time instead. <laughs> All right. My number three, also somewhat controversial. Uh, I like the music growing up. I had the record that had all the songs from this on it. I used to love listening to that. Um, I think from the standpoint of um, trying to adapt a Rudyard Kipling story, I think it very much disnifies the Kip, uh, the uh, Rudyard Kipling story, but I am not a big fan of the jungle book. For whatever reason, uh, how dare you? I know. And when you think about it, I mean, it is, it's got all these great things. It's got this man being raised by wolves and the wolves are like, oh man, Shere Khan's going to kick our asses. If we don't get rid of this kid, let's send him out into the darkness. And then you've got a bear and a, and a panther that are like, yeah, we'll take over and take care of this and try to get him to the, to the man community. But then there's a snake that wants to kill uh, Mowgli. And then there's a, there's Shere Khan that wants to kill, kill Mowgli. And then he finally gets to the, the village and he's like, Ooh, girl. And then he's like, forgets everybody and just runs off to the village happily ever after. And it's like, okay, from that kind of like adventure story of let's get the man child to the village. Uh, it's, that's kind of cool, but there's just so much. Uh, I th- I think my big problem with this one is, and it's the same for a lot of other Dis- Disney animated movies too, especially Snow White, 
uh, is we are moving from little bit of a story to distracting musical number. And then we're back into like the whole Baloo with uh, I want to be like you bit is just like Mowgli's walking around and then he just gets taken by the bear and they're having a float down the river and they're singing songs. And then suddenly share uh, the uh, what's the Panther's name? Uh, uh, Bagheera. Bagheera shows back up and he's like, come on, we got to go. And it's like, OK, we got to go to the next thing. And then the snake kidnaps him and then you do another song and dance number and then he's out of that. So I think uh, with the Jungle Book, I think they try to force too many songs in here. And they try to do too much uh, silly stuff in what could have been a bigger adventure stuff. Like if you just look, if the whole movie was just Shere Khan sending wave after wave of bad people, like if Shere Khan had teamed up with the snake and said, go out and bring me this boy. Or if Shere Khan had said, vultures, go and bring me this boy. And then Mowgli and Bagheera and Baloo have to navigate those bad guys until you get to the big moment where it is. Mowgli versus Shere Khan and the fire and, you know, want tying more, the branch want to his more urgency, basically? I do want more urgency. And this one, it just feels like a, just a very meandering story. Okay. And so that's why Jungle Book lands at my number three. Are you offended, John? Well, I, I really like the Jungle Book because yeah. it's, it's a fun movie, you know? I mean, it's not really particularly, like, challenging or uh, thought-provoking or yeah, anything not, like that. Yeah, it's not, no. It's just meant to be kind of a and, fun movie. And this is a definitely a... Uh, Walt Disney has passed movie. Yeah. It was like uh produced. It was like in the middle of production when he died. Yeah. 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 So. And I think that some of that meandering is in there. Cause one of the things that Disney was good at was he would sit down and constantly work with the animators and the storytellers to try to develop the tightest story that they possibly could. And, you know, he would solicit gags from anybody in the company could submit a gag and if he liked it and it would fit into the story, he'd pay you like 50 bucks. And that's a lot of money back then, right? Yeah. You could buy a house for 50 bucks. Um, not a good house, but I mean, you could buy a house. Um, and so, and once Walt Disney dies, it seems like, okay, we know what he wants, but we don't have him to tell us, I need you to do this more. I need it to be more funny or I need it to be more sad or I need something here. And so you just see this fracture of what happens after Walt dies and you start to just see the quality of the films kind of go down after that. And so that's why when, when you look at my list, I I think all of these are post Walt stories, right? Except for the Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even that one was super controversial because Walt was not happy with the Xerox process when it first, Yeah, he hated it. Yeah. And so it's surprisingly that one, you know, he said, okay, we'll try it. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's my reason for the jungle book. So what, what do you got for your number three? Number three. Uh, let's see what I got here at the tournament. Unlock my phone. Okay, here we go. Probably a controversial one Okay, because I remember telling my coworkers, I didn't like this one and they were like, what? What's good question? Cause they're not refined. Uh, they're not refined like you, John. Yeah. I've seen a lot of movies. You, so. you, they have not developed the snooty attitude that you have. Yeah. Well, here we go. We have uh, 2005 Chicken Little. Oh, man. I I will agree with you that that should be on the list. That's one of Disney's early, like, we want to do 3D Pixar animation yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it just does not work. I mean, I remember liking it as a kid, but it has not aged very good. Didn't they make a second? Isn't there a sequel to no, that one? No, there is not a sequel. I could have swore they had another they, one that... They wanted to make one, but didn't. 
uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was, I guess, a short uh, Chicken Little made back in the 40s. Yes. But uh, totally unrelated. Yeah, that would be one of their their super short subjects uh, that they yeah. would have that uh, that a lot of people would would like. Yeah. So there are some um, there's some really good shorts. But yeah, when that one came out, we did see it, and I remember instantly not caring for it. It uh, it's just it tries to do way too much. Mm-hmm. It's directed by your favorite director, uh, Mark, Steven Spielberg, Mark Dindal, who did Emperor's New Groove. Oh, okay. And uh, it's just it's too mean spirited. It is lot. very much so. Yeah, right. A lot of the because bullying Chicken that's going Little, on. he. Yeah. Thinks sky is falling. It's not falling. The entire town basically turns against him. Like mm-hmm. the teachers hate him. Mm-hmm. His dad is like embarrassed. He's like, "Listen, Sean, don't do anything that's going to embarrass me. Okay, yeah, you yeah. just don't do anything <laughs> at all." Yeah, and uh, it's very unfocused because uh, after like the beginning, you know, when he sees the. Uh, his life gets ruined. Basically he decides I'm going to join the baseball team. Right. And he does that. It's a baseball movie for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then that never comes back in the movie. And then it's the rest of the movie is this alien, alien invasion, invasion yeah. thing. Yeah. It's incredibly unfo- And the gags in the movie don't really work. Cause there's a scene. I don't know if you remember this, but I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and tell me. I think I only saw this once. <laughs> um, during, he he okay in the beginning of the movie he tells the the town the sky is falling the entire town goes into a panic and the um the water tower falls something happens there's mm-hmm. like some slapstick pratfall things yeah and the top of the water tower is like rolling around like a ball and it goes into a movie theater the movie theater is playing yeah. raiders of the lost yeah. star <laughs> okay but it's like the real version of raiders of the lost star yeah. it's not like a parody of right it. right but it's confusing because it's the town is uh, populated by anthropomorphic animals, yeah. and yet they're watching a movie with a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, how does this work? Exactly? Yeah, how does that work? Especially at that time, Lucasfilm had not been acquired by... Uh, I mean, Foreshadowing. Yeah, no, I mean, but that's also one of the reasons, like, when people are like, Muppet Babies, how come we don't have a collection of Muppet Babies? And it's like rights issues because back then they were like, eh, who's going to, what's Spielberg going to do? Sue us. And, uh, they did not. And so we end up with all these other corporations that are in the Muppet babies. And that's why we can't do it. We're licensing issues. So did, yeah. how many times have you watched chicken little? Like I said, I think I saw it once and I don't remember if it was in theater or on a, uh, DVD or streaming service when the boys were old enough to start paying attention to that kind of stuff. As a kid, I uh, probably watched it quite a few times because, you know. What else you got to do? Dumb. Yeah. Sisters liked it, I think. Um, oh, well, there you go. But I, I probably hadn't seen it since 2008 until I did the. Uh, Watch Paris. again. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> okay. All but right. a coworker of mine was like, John, that's a top three movie easily. Come on. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I can see where you're coming from on this. If you grew up with it, and I guess you don't have high standards, I guess. I mean, you're a huge fan of Plan 9 from Outer Space, so. Yeah, but that's good camp, and this is not. I I really want to do a podcast with John called uh, John Watches Bad Movies, and we just watch all these crap movies that John loves and just talk about them, kind of like the old Zach on film. Oh, God, I'm not watching that, John. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh yeah there you go all right so you did your number three i've done my number three my number two Mm -hmm. 
I hate to, I don't want to jump in line on you on this. The Aristocats. This, I think, is the yep. one that started it off, uh, the conversation off, right? You were like, what do you think of the Aristocats? I'm like, I hate it. It's another one that is just like, number one, it's using the Xerox process. Yeah. Number two, it is supposed to be a journey of cats trying to get back home because the rich old lady kicks off and the butler's like, well, if I get, and she leaves all her monies to the cats, but if she can, if the butler can get rid of the cats, he can get all the money. And so now the cats have to make their way home, but there's no urgency in the film. And it's just like, Hey, let's make fun of French culture. Let's look at how jazz is, is incorporated into, into this. And, you know, it's very much trying to take the beatnik nature of the time period and trying to incorporate that into a Disney movie and talk about two things that just don't work well together. That's the Aristocats. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to hate a movie, but man, this is a movie that is, should have been my number one. Fortunately, I have something that I dislike even more, but the Aristocats, John yeah, is a bad movie. I know everybody wants to be a cat. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. Well, not 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 so because the cats movie didn't do so well at the box office a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. You, is that this one? Is this one trip. of your favorites? No, no, it's not. Is it okay? All right. What do you have for your number two? Well, um, I have Home on the Range. Uh, Home on the Range. This is one is I'm not familiar. This one with. came out in 2004, right before Chicken Chicken Little. Little? Okay. And it's the it was their last hand drawn animated film mm-hmm. until uh, Princess and the Frog five right, years right, later. Right, right, right. Because I guess hand drawn animation in the early two thousands was basically dying because CGI was starting to become very popular. yeah no because I mean you you had Pixar really when they came out with Toy Story and then Bugs Life and all the rest it really was new. It was something that audiences had not seen before. Yeah. They may have seen some CG stuff in a, you know, in a Jurassic park or something like that, but they had not seen a cartoon because really the only company that was doing cartoons was Disney and Don blue studios. But you know, that a few never, other minor. Yeah. Yeah, ones. yeah. Ralph Batchke and Batchke. Yeah. Um, but when Pixar came out with toy story and it was 3d, people were like, this is so radical. And, and, Pixar made so much money off of that of by doing the 3d stuff that Disney was just like, first of all, Disney was dead. They'd already gone through the horrible uh, failings of, um, of black cauldron, the rebirth with the, the, the trio of the greatest Disney movies, little mermaid beauty and the beast and Aladdin. I know a lot of people like lion King more, but those are the, those are the trio that brought Disney back, but you're right. Traditional animation starts to fall off. Yeah, and then you had independent, you had DreamWorks and mm-hmm. uh, Blue Sky yeah. and some other ones yeah. coming in out of the woodwork with CGI animation mm-hmm. like uh, Shrek and the mm-hmm. uh, Ice Age movies. Mm-hmm. And people were just more gravitating towards that than yeah. uh, 2D animation. So uh, Disney said, we got to be like Pixar. Instead of just buying Pixar, they said, we got to be like Pixar. Yeah. And then they eventually bought Pixar. Yeah. 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 After a very. Uh, so what's Home on the Range about? Roseanne Barr oh, wait a is minute. a cow. Oh, my boys have watched this like I've, multiple times when it came out. Yeah. Wait, but, tell me more about this. No, no, no. I'm thinking of a different, there's like a TV. Oh, go ahead. Tell me the story. Cause I'm ba- sure I've ba- seen ba- Basically this. Roseanne Barr plays a cow, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and she's like, 
it's it's her and this these other cows uh one played by Judy Dench the other one played by uh Maggie Smith I believe uh-huh and they're basically basically go on an adventure to stop an e- an evil cow rustler oh no this is not the one. I think I I know I've seen this it's not the one that my boys would watch constantly yeah it's it's not very good it's another one I think I watched quite a bit with my sisters growing up but I hadn't seen it in years. Yeah, yeah. And then rewatching, I'm like, yeah, this is not. Are these good. like? Are these like? Because are these readily available? Um, I mean, they're on Disney Plus. Oh, they are on Disney Plus. Okay, all right. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, some of these movies, it's just like I know Disney used to hype stuff by saying it's going in the vault and you won't be able to see it again in your life. This wasn't one of those. These could have been ones that they could have thrown in the vault and never re-released. It sounds yeah. like put it right next to Song of the South. Yeah, not on my list. Probably should have been, but yeah. Did you get a watch Song of the South in your in your watch? No, or no, no. I didn't include live action stuff. Oh well, because I think it's that one's live action and animation. Combined. Yeah, I think they include it as part of the Disney animated films because it's almost more animation than it is live action. Sometimes, but I didn't include. It. Okay, well, good luck trying to find it here in the United States. Yeah. Anyway, back to right. Home on the Range. It's just very. It it feels like they're trying to be a DreamWorks movie more than mm-hmm. a Disney movie because there's mm-hmm. a lot more comedy that DreamWorks would have done in something like Shrek, and it just doesn't work as well. And it's just too colorful. It's too cutesy. It's too. Ugh. And maybe in hindsight, maybe too problematic. No, Disney. no, it doesn't have any problematic stuff. There's, I mean, it's got Roseanne Barr in it. Well, yeah, yeah, but. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's on Disney Plus now, so apparently they don't have a problem with it. No, it's not like they include Indi- uh, Native Americans in there. Anymore. Right, 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 right. Because it's the Wild West. But uh, it, it, I guess it, the art style is kind of is influenced by Pico's Bill, mm-hmm. it looks like. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's an example of one of the package films having a legacy, but. It's just not very good. It's not very memorable. It's not a good movie. All right. All right. Well, now we are up to our number ones. And my number one, and I know people are going to yell at me for this. I don't care. Robin Hood. Mm. Robin Hood. Oodle lady. Oodle lady. Golly, what a day. I love the song. It's right. Um, you've got some great voice actors in the bit. You've got some great anthropomorphic animals. But... This is a movie that reutilized animations that had gone before. A lot. A lot. Not just like a lot. Like this is, I, I can't give you a percentage, but like you go and look at some other Disney movies. Jungle Book is on this list. A lot of Jungle Book animation reused in uh, Robin Hood. You go and you look at um, uh, something Aristocats. from Aristocats and you see a lot of that animation reused in uh, Robin Hood. Yeah. This is Snow White even got reused animation Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like when you watch these things you're like, "Hmm, something about this seems familiar." And you know, at the time when I was growing up watching this, it was prob it was maybe not talked about. I'm sure it was known inside the industry, but it wasn't until the internet basically. Uh well, when this started to come out on DVD, the first time that it came out on DVD, then people were like because they had been releasing all the other Disney movies on DVD, where people finally are like, hey, wait a minute. I just watched this movie and now I see the Jungle Book and these two scenes are side by side. And yes, people would put it up on the internet and point it out. And then it's just like, oh, at this point, 
Disney was so creatively bankrupt. And bankrupt for real. Yeah, and bankrupt for real. That all they could do was draw over their old stuff and try to cobble a story around it. Now, I'm not saying that the Robin Hood story isn't good. I'm not saying that the that, you know, Sir Hiss isn't a, a great uh is it Terry um who's the who's does the voice of Sir Hiss in that in that thing? It's like Terry I, I something, remember. something. Uh, you know, it's it's great. Uh, there's some great actors. There's a little great romance between Robin Hood and Maid Marian, and that's all good. The relationship between Baloo, I mean, uh, 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 brother, uh, little John, little John, but and, basically and Robin Hood. he just reuses. Baloo's oh no, design. it's it's all it's all redesigned. It's the exact yeah. just painting over. And when you look at that, then you're just kind of like, you have got to be effing kidding me that Disney was doing this. I mean, it makes sense in them trying to save it with this film, but I I cannot in good conscience, sit there and say that this film deserves to be in a mid ranking or a high ranking on my list of Disney films. It is the bottom feeder of the Disney films for me. And and I know other people are out there just like, Oh no, this is a great film. It's got this, this, and this. Yeah. It's reusing gags. It's reusing character designs. Like I want to say like 50% of the characters are characters from other movies. And so Robin hood is my, least favorite Disney animated movie. Okay. Even though as a kid, I had a color form set of Robin hood that I would play with for hours. People don't know what color forms are. Go look them up. Basically sticking vinyl figures on a vinyl background with vinyl, like cutout dolls, but for, you know, not. I kind of remember something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So Robin hood, my least favorite John. I like Robin hood. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun movie, but it's, well, you're right. It's not a particularly artistically pleasing movie at all. Yeah. In fact, it's part of my theory that the reason – I think there is an official reason why there are animals in Robin Hood. But I think the reason why there are animals is so they could reuse animation mm-hmm. more easily from mm-hmm. uh, Jungle Book, Aristocats, uh, I think Ichabod and Mr. Toad as well. Yeah. Uh, but it it's a fun – kind of relaxing movie, but I don't really rank it that high mm-hmm. either. For you, it would be kind of midland, mid-range? Yeah, I mean, towards like... It's the, not definitely not in your top 10. No, it's more like the lower end of the mid-range. Okay. But I, I do like it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's great or anything, but All right. it's fun. Okay. All right, let's hear your let's hear your least favorite Disney animated movie. Oh, oh man, the Aristocats. Yep, see, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. When two nerds like John and I put the Aristocats on our list, you know it's bad. It's really bad. What What are some things that besides the the cl- culture clash thing, what What are some reasons why you what? put this bad It's on the. Your list? I think it's the worst looking Xerox film. It, it really is. I and, mean, it is, it is really bad. And I actually don't hate the Xerox method. I think there's films where the Xerox method actually does look really good i can think mm-hmm. i think it looks nice in uh 101 dalmatians and uh mm. oliver and company i think it kind of fits there but in films like aristocats it's it's like it looks like they're they just rushed this out really fast um do you know if they were animating on the twos or less on this because there are times where i look at some stuff from aristocats and i'm like oh are they like even animating on the threes or fours on this just in the how rough the animation is and then you throw the xerox on top of that wouldn't surprise me i i know that a lot of information on the production side of things on aristocats has actually been released Um, probably for good reason yeah but it's just it's not good animation and it's a very boring movie to watch like it really does not have a very engaging story i feel like it's like it's like they took lady and the tramp and yes. 101 dalmatians and just 
combined them and then yeah. decided let's do it with cats. You know, and what's in, what's really weird is you want to set animals on an adventure, right? I mean, let's see these cats get back home. It doesn't feel like they're on an adventure. It doesn't feel like they're on it an adventure. It just feels like they're on a walk in the park. But that's what I'm saying. And even 101 Dalmatians is supposed to be animals on an adventure. And a lot of times it doesn't feel that way. But you look at something like The Rescuers or The Rescuers Down Under, yeah. and there are films where you have animals as central characters that are going on like very big adventures. And those stories work out so much better than Aristocats or 101 Dalmatians, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, the characters aren't that developed. Yeah. I mean, all three of the main kittens are kind of turds. Yeah, pretty much. And then it's like remember what else there is it's a very unmemorable movie yeah yeah the songs aren't that great i think the only one except I, everybody wants to be a cat yeah but that's because they they say that over <laughs> and over and over again like i think at the end of the song they're just like everybody yeah. wants to be a cat and i think they yeah. repeat that yeah, like yeah. five like or six 50, times. 50 times yeah i had the album when i was a kid uh poor poor bastard <laughs> i know right i mean but what else did i have to listen to i couldn't my, my parents would not buy me the rock and roll it's not like we had rolling stones albums sitting around it was john denver or listening to uh you know the the uh the disney films on 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 record so you know i had all the snow white songs i had a uh adaptation of the love bug as narrated by uh buddy hackett <laughs> and uh of course just the albums from jungle book aristocats yeah. um i'm trying to think if there's i had a one that was a compilation that had like the fight scene from sword in the stone between madame mim and merlin which was weird to just think that here's in the middle of a cut of an album is this you know fight scene this fight scene you're supposed to see it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. sounds yeah it just sounds it was that record album and there wasn't even like an accompanying book to nope uh-uh no, it's interesting. No, uh, another thing about Aristocats um, is it probably has probably the worst Disney villain ever. Yeah, the Butler. Ed, yeah, the Butler Edgar. Like, there's yeah. like nothing to this guy. Like, no. he's basically just a bumbling old man type. This doesn't really. It's it's he's not someone you'd put on the same level as some of the other villains that yeah, they yeah. came up with. And uh, I. Really don't really remember much about the movie. Yeah, I'd no, probably it's... only seen it like three times. I think like twice when I was a kid. Um, and then when I did the rewatch, and then when I did the rewatch, I was like, you know what? It's late. I'm just going to watch the rest of this tomorrow. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. But it's like because the rest of them you watched in one sitting. Yeah, but I remember going in and you were working, and you were like, I was like, oh, what film are you up to? And it was the Aristocrats. I have to finish it tonight. And I was really surprised that that was one that you. Had to split into two parts. Yeah, it's really not. That yeah, good. no. We should do uh, one that's the top five Disney villains uh, from just the animated films, right? I'm not talking about the Devil and Max Devlin or anything like that. Um, that would be interesting as well. Anything else you want to bash on Aristocats for? Um, By the way, John's email address is for those of you that want to yell at him. No, just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> uh. Don't have much. I don't have really have much to say about the Aristocats. Except actually, I remember this movie. Not, I remember this movie more from an ad when I was a kid mm-hmm. than the actual movie mm-hmm. because we had a. There was a in the early two thousands. They really when they were releasing the the Disney movies on DVD. Yeah. They had a series called the Walt Disney Gold Classic Collection. Yeah, and they had a commercial where they highlighted three movies that were in the uh, 
Aristic that were in the uh, Walt Disney Gold Classic Collection. They were like, experience the majesty of Pocahontas. Oh, yeah. View tales of friendship with uh, Fox and the Hound and jam out with the Aristocats. <laughs> They're the wildest cats in towns. And it was just those three. Just the, and, dancing and the colors are cycling through. Yeah. yeah. And I find it funny that they just they picked those three movies out of the entire catalog. Yeah. When they're either not very good or they're just kind of obscure. I think they're probably trying to get rid of them, clear off their, you know, rebrand it. We got, you know, we got a million of these DVDs sitting around. What are we going to do? Brand them as the gold collection. Get them out the door. Perhaps. I don't I, I mean, because at the time, you know, so Aristocats for me, I would have saw it in the theater in the late 70s, early 80s. Probably when it got re-released. When it was re-released then. My mom saw it on a double bill with song of the south wow i i did see song of the south in theaters oh nice yeah um i don't know if that's nice but i mean i've seen the movie in theaters (laughs) oh yeah yeah um and then when they came out on i think there was a vhs release of aristocats and i was like well if i'm trying to build up the entire collection i better get this now and then when they did the dvd release i was like well i better get this because it's dvd and when are they going to re-release it again I don't, I think if you go with me to my storage shed, I think that DVD is still wrapped in shrink wrap because I was like, I better get it just so I have it. And And then I never never... opened and watched it. Now the VHS one I did watch and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't imagine why I like this movie when I saw it in the theater. And I think it's only because I was uh, waterboarded with the, the album you know, just tortured with that album and to the part where I was like, no, this is, I, I like the song. So there you go. Song. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of our least favorite Disney movies? We'd love to get your feedback. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. The first thing that you can do is if you want to drop us a, an email podcast at majorspoilers.com, that's one way, but the better way is to head over to the major spoilers discord server. It's absolutely free. You can join for free. Jump into the top five channel and then share your reactions to our list. Uh, Let us know what you liked about our list, why we are misinformed and misguided peoples. And uh, then most importantly, share with us your least favorite Disney animated movies. Everybody will read it. Everybody will comment on it. Why? Because everybody loves a list. Also, I know that's usually the last thing you hear, but um, let us know what you thought of John. Over there. You like him? He, yeah. He's got a lot of thoughts. He definitely has a lot of thoughts. Um, maybe we can bring John on again, but only with your support when you become a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Again, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. This podcast is copyright 2024 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.